0: Welcome to All The Things, a podcast for moms seeking an inspired life. Hi, I'm your host, Lisa Chin. I'm a writer and a coach, and my most passionate truth is that the world needs the real you. That's why I created this podcast, to discover all the things that make us who we are, because the better we understand ourselves, the more good we can do in the world. So let's do that together. Hello and welcome to this week's solo episode where I do a reading from my blog and then I kind of riff off of it. Before I get started, I wanted to say that I am speaking and podcasting from the unceded and traditional territories of the Nipmuc and Massachusetts tribes. And as the season is drawing to a close, it is, it feels more significant for me to say this than it did in the beginning. The land that I live on is everything it's providing you know shelter for my home and it's a foundation and i I see it every day and you know the I haven't shared this, but every time there's a full moon, I look up at the sky and I just think about the people who had seen that moon for so many generations on this exact spot before me, and that makes me feel really connected to the people who have lived in this town before me. So that said, um, today's reading is actually a really old piece, old in internet age, I guess, and in regular age. (laughs) It was written back in 2016 um, on my blog. It's called Second Generational Guilt. And I chose this piece to share this week because of my conversation with Cindy. Cindy and I are both second generation kids, Second generation Americans, and we talk a little bit about that in the episode. But just personally, we've talked about who we are in our um, in our families and in our relationships with our parents and and with our children as well. Um, And this this is purely my experience. I'm not speaking for her at all by any means when I'm reading this piece. Um, But this was just it seemed to be in line thematically with what we shared on Monday's episode. So second generational guilt. I am wrought with second generational guilt. I don't know if that is a technical term for it or if anyone has ever coined a term for it, but whatever you call it, I've got it. And if you've got it too, you know exactly what I mean. I feel guilty that I was able to attain a college education when my mom had to stop her schooling in the middle of fourth grade to help her family on the farm. I feel guilty that I sit on my butt in air conditioning while earning more in an hour than my mom made in a day when she first started working. I feel guilty that I complain about said profession when my mom appreciated her manual job and never once uttered a negative word about it. Not even once. I feel guilty that I give my husband a hard time for not writing me cards and giving me gifts when my mom took care of my sick father for years without ever asking for anything. I feel guilty that I am on this endless search to find myself when my mom was happy to have a roof over her head and dinner on the table. Who am I to want more, to earn more, to become more? These questions have crept into my self-talk since I started working about 10 years ago and started to really understand the struggles my mom had growing up in China and as an immigrant to the United States. It has also been in the last 10 years that I have, quote, woken up a bit and found my passions wanted to start a business and develop my sense of empathy. Those have all magnified the guilt. In reality, I am truly a member of the privileged. I am reminded daily when I scroll through my Facebook feed. I have a steady paycheck, a home in an awesome city, and a beautiful family. I have an education and get to pursue learning every day with a full bookshelf of unread books. How dare I want more? I have gotten angry with myself for being unappreciative and to be so consumed with such laughable first world problems. As a mother now, I understand that my life and my problems are exactly what my mom wanted for me. My mom never wanted me to have the struggles she faced. She wanted me to get an education. She wanted me to find a job in an office so I didn't have to work overtime in a factory just to make ends meet. She wanted me to have more opportunities than her and she did it in the most selfless way possible, uprooting her life from her familiar homeland to allow a better life for her children. So what am I to do with the second generational guilt? The solution I have pursued over the past 10 years has been to kick ass and start a business, make a lot of money and repay my mom for everything she has done. I've come to realize that this is way too much pressure to place on myself, and it's actually been stifling my progress. And more importantly, she does not want me to feel guilty, just as I never want my daughter to feel that way. Instead, what I try to do now is honor her in whatever ways I can, and to show her that I appreciate and love her. That means calling her more often, sending her pictures of my daughter, and inviting her to visit me. Those are things that make her truly happy. And I think if I do them more often, I will slowly chip away at the second generational guilt. So this piece was written five years ago. And it is, I love journaling. And this is, I call my blog glorified journaling. I love journaling. I love writing about what I'm experiencing at that moment because I get the opportunity to go back and take a look at it. And, and to feel those emotions that I felt. And then right now, as I, I'm reading it and I'm thinking about it, I I know that I actually don't feel as much of that guilt. I don't know if it's because I'm further into motherhood than I was before or if because my mom lives with me now and I don't have that, I don't feel that pressure, that that guilt of like, oh, I have all these things that she doesn't get to have. Uh needless to say I do also still feel guilty all the time. Um <laughs> maybe it's just a natural way of being for me in a way. But it's real. This this guilt because I and I talked to my a lot of my second generation friends about it where it's like who am I to have these problems when my my mom never had to worry about those things. And part of that really keeps me grounded. I think about what my daughter will—if like my daughter will never feel that way, you know—about herself in 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 this second generational guilt that guilt way. I don't know how you know how she'll feel about me and us and all of that. And I I wouldn't even try to pontificate that, but she won't feel that she has a privilege that I don't have because I—that's essentially what the second generational guilt is—is is I feel like I have this immense privilege that my mom never got to have because she uprooted her life and her whole existence so that she could give my brother and I a better life. And I actually, I wasn't even alive when she moved over. So it was her idea of a family, right? Um, And that, and Cindy and I talked about that, how much respect we have for our parents, because that's a lot, you know, it, it's a lot for someone to go through, and and the thing is, back then there wasn't FaceTime, there were no emails, there was no, I mean, it was snail mail. Um, once, you know, every few months with your family, and really staticky phone calls where there was like literally. I remember her saying to me when I was, when I was growing up, there was one phone in the village that everyone took turns on, and it was scratchy, and they would have to run out and grab the next person to talk to, and that even if I were to immigrate somewhere right now, A, I'm 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 educated, I can find a job that will pay me a decent amount of money in a foreign country. I speak English, which is used a lot in other countries. Um, and I can communicate with, you know, I can form community easily and quickly because I speak a common language. I, I, there's, you know, there's the internet nowadays. The field has completely changed. And so... Reading this now it makes me even more grateful for my mom but it also makes me realize kind of the growth in this because at the same time no parent wants their kid to feel guilty about their existence and and part of it is like that guilt almost feels like oh I'm I feel sorry for you which is obviously like not the intention of of this piece um but that can be translated interpreted as that so as a parent I know that it is not something that I would ever want my daughter to feel or any like ounce, you know, any like version of this. And when I think about motherhood as a whole, like these are the different lessons that teach me. By being a mother myself, it allows me to kind of like look at my mom very differently and look at her, ex- her experiences in a whole different light. It also gives me a lot of different, it's a different level of empathy, right? Like once you become a mom, you can, you can relate to other mothers in a very real way. When you weren't, like, I remember when I wasn't a mom, when I was, and maybe I was still not even, I was engaged at that point. I wasn't even married. My manager at that point, she had two kids and she was like VP and running around and doing all these things. And I was like, oh, she has to leave early again to pick up her kid, you know? It just, cause I didn't know, you know? And I actually emailed her a few years back and I just said, I wanted to write and just say that you were amazing. You were amazing at doing what you did with all of the responsibilities and taking care of two kids and, you know, managing a whole team and like all these people and all that stuff. And I just, I felt like it had to be said because we don't hear that enough. You know, our mothers, mothers in general, in our society don't hear that enough from other people, um, much less our families, I guess. So anyway, total tangent. The idea of the second generational guilt, and I wanted to share this first just to kind of shed light on that this exists. This is some of the experiences, I guess, that second generation kids may have. Or there's a d- different version, you know, in the comment section, someone shared kind of their version of second g- generational guilt. Um, it, and, it, and I'm not saying that this is what every person experiences, but there is this other layer of identity when you're speaking to children of immigrants that... Those who are not children of immigrants don't experience, and even within a generation, it's different. You know, my daughter, like I said, my my children will not be experiencing this type of um, of emotions and these thoughts. And so, I wanted to share that, and I wanted to show also share the evolution, right? Like, what's really beautiful about people (laughs) is that we can we have the opportunity to grow. And in the past five years, I definitely have grown in that I'm not wrought. I do still feel it on some level. Um, different flavors of it now, and maybe not as strong flavors, but still feel um a little bit of that. But it's it's different because I've grown as a person. I've grown as a mother. I've grown as a as a as a daughter. My relationship with my mom has changed a little bit now that she lives with me, and it feels even like you know closer and all of that. And it just shows that emotions do pass um, we learn from them and we have opportunity to. And in the end, I kind of say like, you know, these are the things that I want to do. I want to, you know, honor her in the ways that I can, because that's what she wants. You know, she doesn't want me to feel guilty. She wants, you know, she wants to be in touch and she wants to know that, you know, we have a relationship and that's really it. So this is all to say that I love writing. Um, I love looking back. I, it gives a completely different, you know, you can kind of go to a therapist and talk about what it felt like five years ago and what your childhood was like, but it's very different being able to read the things, to read the emotions that um, that you were feeling at that moment in time and to kind of bear witness to yourself again. So if you have ever thought about writing or like putting your emotions down in some sort of format, like, please do. I think that there's such value to it, just not even, it's therapeutic in its own way, but also the ability to look back and be like, oh, I wouldn't have written this now. And these, Elizabeth Gilbert, I talk about her all the time. Like she has these, this this like idea about ideas and how they kind of visit people and they kind of bounce around from one person to another person. And I think it's kind of the same idea like where, where they she says, like, if you have an idea and you don't act, actually act on it, that idea will just kind of go to the next host, I guess, and see if they will they will bring that idea to fruition or to life. And I think that's the same thing here where like you have these emotions and like they can pass. And that's OK. I mean, that's fine. And not everyone has to do this, but this is just kind of my process where if I feel an emotion, I really want to capture it. It helps me process it in the, in the time, but it also captures something that I might not ever feel again. And maybe because I'm a hoarder in that way. Um, but I really love the ability to, to really dive into the, those emotions and and kind of break them apart and dissect them a bit. Um, and then it's really cool looking back that's my favorite part about, about writing is that I have written all this stuff and like my journals from when, you know, I was in fourth and fifth grade and so on. And to be able to look back. And I think part of it is like, we don't remember everything, right? So there is this value in reflecting and reading and seeing what was important at that point and the, and where we are now and comparing it and the evolution of who we are, um, it's, it it just, I just love writing. I just love it. So if, if you've, if you've needed any reason today, a reminder or an, or encouragement to write, like this is it, or to figure out a way to document your thoughts or feelings at this moment in time, please do. I think that it's super helpful. And yeah, that's it for this episode. This is before the Christmas holidays. Um, And I have not acknowledged that, you know, Hanukkah has passed if for those who celebrate any holidays during this season, um, during this winter, winter wintry season, or if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, this summery season, um, I wish you all happy holidays. Um, we've got just a couple episodes left of season one. Thank you for tuning in. Please subscribe if you haven't. Um, we will be going on hiatus, hiatus for a couple weeks, um, But I am excited to keep on speaking to you, keep on sharing really amazing people with you and resources. So hit subscribe, share with a friend, um, follow me on Instagram at Reclaiming Motherhood, sign up for the blog. I have a class coming up in the new year and you can find out more on the blog, Your Word, Your Year. And I'm just excited to just keep the conversation going. So until next time, take care and be well.